be 2022, the year of all things being made new. The year of all things being made new. And this is very important because it sets the tone for uh, how we shape and walk into this brand new year. And so I want to be sensitive to the Spirit of God as it pertains to uh, the sensitivity that is needed for this moment uh, that we would steward this season and this moment wisely. And so the Gospel according to John chapter 16, and we're going to begin with verse number 5. Verse number 5. John's Gospel chapter 16, verse number 5. Pastor Dara since her love. Uh, baby Sophia, thank you so much for your love and support. Uh, many of you have already begun to support, uh, to sow into uh, the first family and to be a blessing to us uh, as we expect our next uh, daughter. And we're grateful to God for that. Amen. I want to jump into the word of the Lord. Uh, this Bible study is going to be a blessing to you. The School of the Spirit, class is in session. Let's begin. John's Gospel, chapter 16, beginning with verse number five. This thing has been stirring in my spirit. I have not been able to let it go. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a blessing, a tremendous blessing in your life. All right, let's go. Now here begins the reading of God's holy word, John 16 and verse number five. <clears throat> but now I go away to him who sees me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. When he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I have still many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. John's Gospel, chapter 16, and let's look at verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Whatever he hears, he will speak. This is very important. John's gospel chapter 16, verse number 13. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. And he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say unto you, he will take of mine and declare it to you. We want to talk to you tonight in this first week of the School of the Spirit coming into a greater understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, who the Holy Ghost is, changing the way we see God. Uh, and I want to really deal with this and unpack this 
uh, and we're going to take our time on these Tuesday nights to really deal with this. On Sundays, we will continue in the book of Titus, but in our Bible classes, and some even some Tuesdays will be time of Q&A and interaction as we grow in the Word of God. Amen? Uh, so some of these scriptures, you'll be able to see them. This will be available for you to re-listen on our podcast, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram. We will make it available. Let's jump in. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. We thank you. I want to contend with you tonight, and I want you to hear me. And if you've uh, never been familiar with our ministry, uh, we believe in really taking time to exposit the word, to really deal with the word, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. I want to deal with, and I want to contend with you tonight, that one of the most neglected people in the church today is not who you think. Uh, we live in a society that, uh, for the all intents and purposes, uh, we live in a culture uh, that is increasingly uh, focused upon uh, everything, every cause. Every cause has a, a, every cause, if you will, has a drive. Every person has a unique thing that they're championing for. One of the reasons why uh, it is so contentious right now in the United States is because everyone is arguing for their particular cause. And as a result, we don't see much being done politically. We don't see much being done economically because uh, the parties and different persons cannot seem to get along. Am I making sense? Uh, so we are living in a society that is increasingly contentious. I want you to hear me uh, by the Spirit of God. We're living in a society that is increasingly contentious. We're living in a world that's increasingly contentious. We're living in a world uh, uh, that is... That is, that is increasingly uh, contentious. Uh, it is continually uh, to, to be divisive. And so uh, as a result, we are used to uh, things being set up in a particular way, set up in a particular form. Uh, divisiveness is the order of the day. Uh, cancel culture is something that we hear a lot about. Uh, but I want to argue with you that one of the most neglected people in the church, and I would say in the world today, is not uh, our celebrities. It is not musicians. It's not the marginalized or the oppressed, although that is there, or the orphans or others that are there. Uh, it is not just those persons, okay? But one of the most neglected people on earth is the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say that again. One of the most neglected people on earth is the Holy Ghost. And uh, I want to really begin to deal with this because a lot of times we like the presence. You know, we treat uh, God like it's Christmas time. What do you mean by that, Bishop? We treat God like it's Christmas time. So we only want the presence. We only want the gifts. We only want the charisma. We only want uh, the pomp and circumstance. We only want uh, what uh, comes as a byproduct of the Spirit. So a prophetic gifting, a miracle gifting, a title of this of that uh, but we really don't understand the person of the spirit the person of the Holy Ghost the person of the Spirit of God and I, I really want to deal with this because I believe in this new year we cannot say we want to start a new year and this is going to be our year if we do the same things 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so I am contending with you in the midst of inflation, in the midst of all kinds of things happening, in the midst of grocery shortages and food deserts and power outages. It is going to take the power of the Holy Ghost to navigate us through this season of uncertainty that we live in. Uh, we're living in a world in which variants are continuing. Uh, things are continuing. People are coming. People are going. Uh, all of these things are happening. And there is going to be a requirement of a certain dimension of the Spirit of God to navigate the waters that are in front of us. David said in the Psalms that the waters have come over uh, his neck and we are living in a world we are living in a society in which it seems as if it is very difficult for to keep our heads above water. Am I making sense to you tonight? And so I believe uh, that as we spend some time in the word of God, the word of God will speak to us and be a compass and a guiding light to cause us to know, to grow, and to show the wisdom of God for such a time as this. And I'm telling you, um, ladies and gentlemen, saints and friends, I'm telling you tonight, we will not be able to navigate the rest of this year, the rest of this decade, with all of the turbulence that is coming without the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, it will require the Spirit of God to keep our minds in perfect peace while things are topsy-turvy, while economies are shifting, while people are shifting. It will take the power of the Spirit of God to anchor us in the midst of these storms. And so, in light of that, this branch of Christian theology, we're ready, Deacon Ivo, this branch of Christian theology is known as pneumatology, is known as pneumatology, is known as pneumatology. And what is that? Pneumatology is the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. You're going to take lots of notes tonight, and I'm telling you, uh, it will benefit you tremendously. Amen. The doctrine of of the Holy Spirit. And so how does this work? Uh, it is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 16. Glory to God, verses 13. And let's look at it. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, that word spirit there in the Greek means pneuma. It means pneuma, okay? And that deals with wind, all right? That deals with wind. Uh, that deals with breath, that deals with air in motion, and it also deals with a frame of mind. Numa, uh, the Spirit of God. And I believe in this new year, in this new season that we find ourselves in, we need the breath of God, the wind of God, and uh, uh, the wisdom of God to guide us and to direct us. Thank you, Sister Rosen. We see that in John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse number 13. So let's go a step deeper. So, uh, the spirit of truth, wind, breath, frame of mind, motion, okay? So to properly understand the mind of God, we must have the mind of the spirit. 
to properly understand the mind of God. How do we navigate this season that we're in now with so much uncertainty, with so much stuff happening, with people saying they heard from God and it turns out it's not true? How do we navigate this? To understand the mind of God, we must have the mind of the Spirit. All right. First Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. Uh, on all of our platforms, please, someone uh, can continue to keep our scriptures. That will be good. First Corinthians chapter two, uh, verses 10 through 12. And here's what it says. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. OK, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, hmm. but the spirit who is from God. 1 Corinthians 2 10 through 12, but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Now, I want to I want to deal with this because this is extremely important. I want you to hear me carefully. We are living in a time when what was once doctrinal, where what was once foundational, where what was once widely known has become absent. And I say this all the time to pastors, to preachers, to people in the body of Christ all the time, whether they want to receive it or not. We are living in a America, in a society that is postmodern, post-Christian, and it is also post-truth. And what I mean by that is we now define terms and define things by the sake of the individual. So we are in a post-Christian nation, all right? And as a result, uh, we have many people today, which is common today, that are biblically illiterate. We don't understand or know how the Word of God works. And that's why Bible study is important. Reading the Word of God is important. And so we want to take some time in dealing with this because what I'm noticing in our society today, what I'm noticing in the world today, is that a lot of people have a tendency of saying things that uh, they have thought God said, or they saw someone in a service do something and they thought that was God or they saw someone say something in a uh, experience and they thought that was God or they had an emotional encounter and they thought that was God and I want to explain to us through the word of God what it means to actually be led by the spirit of God to know the difference between being led by the spirit and being driven by our own emotions to know the difference between being led by the spirit and being driven by our own desires I want you to hear me to know the difference between being led led by the Spirit, and being uh, kin or being attuned to our fleshly nature and what we want. Because what ends up happening a lot of times is we don't always want what God wants. What we end up doing is succumbing to what we think he wants because we want to please ourselves. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so there's a difference. And that's why you got a lot of prophets out here, prophet lying, and a lot of teachers out here, false teaching, and a lot of pastors out here fleecing the flock because we are not 
in alignment with the word of God. Okay, and, and so I want us to understand this. I want us to understand this uh, because we're seeing this happening and we need to understand that we've got itching ears today uh, because uh, uh, instead of uh, preaching, teaching, lifting our hands, worshiping to please God, we want to please people. All right. And so we've got to get back to making the main thing the main thing. Hello, somebody. All right. And so coming to an understanding of what it is that God calls us to do. And I, I have to tell you straight up uh, that it's time for the people of God to be the people of God. It's time for the church to be the church. It's time for the saints to be the saints. It's time for us to be about it and not just talk about it and not just filter about it and not just say about it. We need to be who we profess and what we possess. Glory to God. So we're living in a time in which these things are not known. So if God is making all things new, our foundations must be established to receive what the Lord desires to show us. Isaiah 43 and 19, uh, God says to Isaiah, behold, I will do a new thing. So to take that word behold there in the Hebrew, it literally means it's indicative of focus. What God is saying is focus in. I'm doing something. Focus in, I'm saying something. Focus in, I'm calling you into something. And so a new thing, as I have said before over these last few weeks, is a prepared thing whose time has come. A new thing is a prepared thing whose time has come. Now, let me be good with my time because Lady Dar gave me a certain time limit. All right. Now, uh, uh, Psalm 11 and 3 tells us, When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, here's the answer. Uh, Psalm 11 and 3 says, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? Now, I want us to walk through this. Every Sunday in our worship service, uh, we recite the Apostles' Creed. We recite the Apostles' Creed. Uh, the Creed is a statement of our belief as Christians. And I've taught this principle for years. And I will please, uh, what we believe dictates how we behave. What we believe dictates how we behave. What we believe dictates how we behave. And so the Apostles' Creed is divided up into three major parts. I'm already not going to get into all this tonight. Hallelujah. The word focus in your spirit. Amen. Uh, first of all, the first part of the creed speaks about what we believe uh, in God the Father. The second part of the creed deals with what we believe in God the Son. The third part of the creed deals with what we believe about the Holy Spirit. This is important. This is important. It affirms our faith in God the Father as Almighty and the Creator of heaven and earth. The creed then goes on to affirm our faith in God's only Son, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. Third day he rose again, ascended into heaven, sitteth at the right hand of God the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. This is the Apostles' Creed. It is universal. Now, it delivers a quite comprehensive statement about the Son of God. But when it comes to the, the, the part about the Holy Spirit, it simply says, I believe in the Holy Spirit. So who is the Holy Spirit? 
And what does the Holy Spirit do? Because a lot of times, you know, uh, we'll be in a service and the power of God will move and people will be slain out in the spirit. Okay. Uh, or, or, or you'll be talking to somebody and they'll tell you that they heard something in their spirit. All right. Or you meet someone and they said that you, sh you should be the one for them because they heard in their spirit. All right. So we use the spirit a lot for a lot of things. But does that really mean it's the spirit? Come here, let, let's talk about that. Uh, you know, we say a lot of things is the spirit, but does that really mean it's the spirit? And so over the next few weeks, we're going to really deal with what the word of God actually says about the spirit versus what we have been contextually, culturally, uh, and even what we have uh, uh, become adjusted to that the scripture never even said. Because a lot of stuff we see online today, a lot of stuff that's going viral, uh, is extra biblical stuff. Okay? So, before we begin, let's clarify some terms. Let's clarify some terms. Okay? Who is the Holy Ghost? Let's clarify some terms. As we study together, You'll notice that the names of the terms Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost are used interchangeably. A lot of times, depending on your Bible, depending on your Bible or the translation uh, in the Bible app, sometimes you'll see Holy Ghost, sometimes you'll see Holy Spirit. Okay, these terms are used interchangeably, which means that uh, these are terms that are used uh, either or does work. But I want to deal with this a bit more deeper since this is Bible study tonight, okay? Let's go a step deeper with this. Even though both names refer to the same person, the third person of the Godhead, there is a purpose behind this usage. The name Holy Spirit is the translation of the New American Standard Bible, okay, and other modern translations. You'll see that. A lot of times in evangelicalism, you'll hear the term Holy Spirit. Today, many scholars use the NASB because of its stiffness and accuracy of the translation, okay? However, the name Holy Ghost, and I'm more of a charismatic Pentecostal, so I like that term Holy Ghost, okay? But the term Holy Ghost is a translation of the King James Version, and when the King James Version was translated, the old English word ghost was used, okay? We now use the more modern word spirit. That is a simple difference between Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost. But I want to show you something, and I'm going to show you scripture for it, okay? A ghost is the spirit of a departed being. A ghost is the spirit of a departed being. Ephesians 4, then, explains to us how this works. I have Ephesians 4, 8 through 10. Okay, let's go there real quick. Now, this ain't in my notes, but this is just by revelation. All right, Ephesians 4, illumination. Ephesians 4, uh, and let's look at this very quickly. I'm watching my clock. Ephesians 4, verses 8 through 10. Okay, and let's look at what the Word of God says for us tonight. All right, Ephesians 4, 8 through 10 says, Therefore, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Therefore, when he took captivity captive, he gave gifts to men. Now, this he ascended. What does it mean? Hear what the scripture says now. What does it mean that the one who also ascended first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended. Notice the language. Okay. Uh, Far above all the heavens that he might fill all 
things. And then famous verse, Ephesians 4.11, he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I'll deal with that down the road. But right now, I just want to deal with this. So, notice, Ephesians 4, 8 through 10, okay, reminds us of the ascension of Christ and the descending of the Spirit. So when he when the, when Christ ascended 50 days after the resurrection, the Bible says that he spent 40 days, 40 days teaching those things according to the kingdom of God. And then after those 40 days, he ascends. After the ascension, they spend 10 days in the upper room and those 50 days is Pentecost. So from the cross to Pentecost, from Passover to Pentecost, those 50 days, we see the ascension of Christ and the descending of the Holy Ghost. It is also indicative of what we see in the Old Covenant when Elijah and Elisha, uh, there is this transfer of power. After Elijah is getting ready to be taken up. And Elisha begins to declare uh, and say, my father, my father, chariots begin to go up. We see several things happen. As Elijah comes, uh, we know his mantle comes down and we then see Elisha receive it. And then we come to a greater understanding of Elisha doing twice as many miracles as what we saw Elijah do. But from a, I want to deal with this from a theological standpoint. And my argument would be uh, that when we see this as a picture, okay, of Christ ascending, as Christ ascends, the mantle that falls upon Elisha, that mantle then would be indicative of the Spirit of God, which falls upon Elisha, picture of the church, is how the church fathers would interpret it, and therefore, when Christ ascends, the people of God, through the Spirit, accomplish more. The people of God, through the Spirit, accomplish more. And so what the Apostle Paul is alluding to in Ephesians 4, 8 through 10, glory to God, is uh, the ascending and the descending, the ascending of Christ and the descending of the Spirit. And so when we come to understand these terminologies, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, we come to understand these terminologies, okay, uh, we, we come to also see that the term Holy Ghost has been subconsciously identified with Pentecostalism, while on the other hand, Holy Spirit has come to be identified by more modern uh, uh, denominations in Christianity. So the name Holy Ghost seems to indicate someone mysterious, someone miraculous, and someone personal. And the Holy Spirit seems to transmit a concept of an awareness or an intellectual awareness of the power of God. Stay with me. Okay? And so coming into an understanding. So the first thing we see, school of the Spirit now. First thing we come to understand is that the Holy Spirit, number one, is a person. I know I'm not going to be able to get through all this already. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. First of all, we need to understand that the Holy Ghost is a person. The Holy Spirit is not a thing or an it. All right. So when we when you hear people sometimes say, you know, it came on me. Holy Spirit is not an it. Holy Spirit is a person. Okay. Holy Spirit is a person. He is not merely a force. He is not a power or simply a phantom. 
right? The Holy Spirit is simply the spirit of our holy God. The Holy Spirit, glory to God, I feel his presence already. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of our holy God. And I want you to hear me clearly on this. It is the Holy Spirit who convicts us of sin. It is the work of the Holy Spirit who helps us to repent. It is the work of the Holy Spirit who thrills us with the new birth and fills us with the indwelling presence of God. Okay? He guards us. He encourages us. He strengthens us and empowers us to live for God. So in order for us to live for God, we must be empowered by his spirit. Notice I did not say we're empowered simply by a leap, by a jump, by a squall, by a run. We must be empowered by the spirit. Now, my definition, as I've always said for you here, is of a hypocrite. It's a person who shouts higher than they live. I'm not talking about an expression. I'm talking about a lifestyle. And if we are going to honor the Spirit of God, we ought to live by the Spirit of God. So that means we can't be the ones that are reckless out here because the Spirit of God does not act unseemingly. All right? So, second thing, and I'm going to close with this. Second thing, the Holy Spirit is personal. The Holy Spirit is personal. The Holy Spirit is personal. The second Point here is the Holy Spirit is personal because he is a person our relationship with him must be personal some of you are gonna to have to go back and and re-listen to this okay our relationship with him must be personal before we are even aware of it the spirit is at work in our lives in fact he is at work in your life right now whether you can feel it or not whether you can see it or not he is there working in you. He is busy in ways you may or may not notice. <laughs> I prophesy to you that there are ways that you don't even know God is moving in your life by his spirit that don't even make sense to you right now. You'll have to go through it and then turn around and he'll bring it back to you that he was working. Glory to God. I'm trying to behave. All right. Uh, he is busy in ways you may or may not notice, creating conditions to help you understand your need of God and to empower you to live for him. Jesus said in John 16, verses 7 through 8, one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin. We don't hear this preached much. We don't hear this talked about much. We don't hear this taught much. But Jesus says one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit was to convict the world of sin. We like to talk about winning seasons. But one of the perspectives, one of the assignments of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin. Okay, and so notice here he says, uh, uh, and to convince it of its need of God. Jesus says, but I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor cannot come, the helper cannot come, the paracletos cannot come. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. 
Now, I'm, I'm going to close with this. The third thing, the Holy Spirit is a purifier. The Holy Spirit is a purifier. I'm going to deal with some more of this for the next. We're going to be on this for a while on Tuesday night. School of the Spirit. School of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, number three, is a purifier. Somebody just say, purify me, God. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit is a purifier. All right. The Holy Spirit purifies us. When I am filled with his spirit, he teaches me that I no longer belong to myself. <laughs> I am no longer a law to myself. I'm not a lone ranger because I belong to God. Okay, so I can't just do what I want to do because what? I belong to God. Now, this is not just a song. This is a life. This is a lifestyle. This is what we believe if we say we are believers. I'm closing with this. As the Bible says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Brought with a price. Therefore, honor your God with your body. That's 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Now, I belong to God. But the best part is this. God belongs to me. <laughs> I belong to God. But the best part is God belongs to me. The Holy Spirit has created a relationship between us that is full of joy and love and defies description. We must realize, I'm closing with this, we must realize that the real power of change hmm, comes only from the Holy Ghost. You can't jerk somebody to change them. You can't push somebody to change them. You can't try to make somebody change. Comes from the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 9, last scripture, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. All the religion in the world would do you no good, but a willing heart to admit where you are wrong and in need of God will be filled with his Spirit like a cup at the bottom of a waterfall. The Holy Ghost is a person is personal and is a purifier. No matter what you're facing tonight, no matter what you're going through, I thank the Lord that he's purifying you, that he's cleansing you, that he's delivering you. This is just the beginning of where we are and where God is calling us into. Father, in the name of Jesus, you sent your word and establish your people. You sent your word and heal them of all their infirmities. I thank you for sealing this word tonight in signs and wonders. I thank you for calling us into a greater understanding of your spirit. I thank you for calling us into a greater understanding of who we are in you. And I thank you for our eyes of our understanding being enlightened and for bringing us into the fullness of what you have established and ordained. I ask you right now, God, in the name of Jesus, that this word will fall on good ground, that there will be no hindrances, that there will be nothing to distract. I thank you for living by the power of your spirit. And I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray that you've been blessed tonight. Uh, we're just beginning the school of the spirit. This is our first time tonight. I want you to continue to pray that prayer. Lord, purify me. Purify my heart, my motives, and every area of my life. 
in Jesus' name. Going to receive a free will offering at this time. If you've been blessed by this Bible class tonight, just sow a seed into the kingdom of God. Sow a seed into the work of this ministry. There are various ways that you can give. You can give by texting the word global to 51400. You can give by our PayPal, paypal.me slash globalfirenow on our website, globalfirenow.com. Plant a seed uh, into what you have heard and received tonight. Uh, also, our cash app, dollar sign, Global Fire Now. And lastly, our Zelle, Global Fire Now at gmail.com. Dollar sign Global Fire Now, uh, Cash App, uh, Zelle. All of these are viable ways that you can sow into the kingdom of God. The Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May his countenance be with you. And may he give you his peace. Week one, School of the Spirit. We'll continue next week. Be encouraged. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for your support. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Rest rule in the Bible for us henceforth and forevermore. I thank you for the seed. I thank you for the seed of this word. Thank you for those sowing uh, in response to what they have heard. Bless them all a thousandfold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. We love you. God bless you. In Jesus' name. God bless you.